0: Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton.
1: Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I have a guest. That I've admired for many years. I I saw her on the Speaker Talent Search. Um, I've seen her on stage. I've listened to her on the radio with uh, another great host. And one of the things that has always inspired me about her is the fact that even through adversity, she never gave up. And she just kept going. She has that indomitable spirit such that she can reach down into resilience many times in her life. And she shares that in much of her writing. And we'll talk more about those different pieces um, as we move through the show. But I wanted to welcome today, Carrie Fox Kelly. Carrie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. I have actually been looking forward to this for many months, actually, since, since we said, yes, let's do this. Uh, and so I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, and where I'd like to start, and it's sort of where I, I generally start, is your background. I know you have some questions about part of your background, but just give the audience a sense of um, where you started and
2: how you got to where you are today. Oh, boy, what a journey, and this is only an hour-long show. (laughs) It is, it is, and I have so many more questions to ask you. (laughs) So, um, I I guess the, the, the where I'll start is I... When you say reaching down to find resilience, what, what I figured out at some point was that there was this resilience that kept me going when I wanted to give up. All through the adversity, there was always this little spark that kept telling me what was really true about who I am and not who other people would have me believe I am how society would have me think I am, statistics that um, show all of the different ways people that experience the things that I've experienced should end up. And I defied all of that just because of this little tiny spark that kept saying, don't believe that, nope, that's not true keep going, there's more, don't do that, go left, not right, (laughs) things like that, right? Yeah, and it's interesting, Carrie, Um,
1: this month has really been about leaders with disabilities or leaders that work with people with disabilities, and every one of them has said something similar, that there was something within them that said, don't give up, this isn't the end, this is just the beginning, um, you will overcome this and we will work with you to make that happen. And I know last week's guest um, you know, was paralyzed. Literally, the, the doctors told him he would never walk again. Um, he would never be able to be a gymnast again. And basically he said, bunk, I am going to walk. I am going to teach others about gymnastics. I'm going to finish my career as well. And it is amazing what resilience can do and how it can motivate you to be your biggest self, right?
2: Yes, definitely, mm. definitely.
1: So, so Carrie, um, y- you you are disabled. Um,
2: and and I, how, how did you lose your sight? Okay, so that is a story that, First of all, let me tell you, I didn't find out how I actually lost my sight until 2010 when I was like 40 years old looking for my birth story. Ooh. I I am adopted. I was adopted twice. And uh, finding my birth story is how I found out how I actually lost my vision. I was in the process of being adopted the first time when I was only nine months old. Mm. And that Mother, the new mother that I had decided that I didn't like her because every time she came near me, I would cry. But I was, I stayed with her for a few months, and right around when I was about 14 months old, she got frustrated and she shook me. And while she was shaking me, she smacked my head on something so hard that fluid began to, um, Fill up on my brain, and I didn't have medical attention for ten whole days after this incident oh. when i when I finally got into the hospital, um, that started another process, but having me removed from that family and at the end of all the surgeries and you know tests and whatever they go through, I lost some of my eyesight mm-hmm. so um when you look at what happened to me. Being shaken, um, shaken baby syndrome can be deadly. Yes, it or, can. Mm-hmm. Or, separately, having um, a, a traumatic head injury at less than two years old also can be deadly. I had them both at the same time and I didn't have medical attention for ten whole days after that. Oh, man. I When I think about that, I... I That really lit me up when I got that story. I felt like, okay, if I can live through those two traumatic things, l- when I'm young enough not to understand the resilient part, mm-hmm. I have something definite that I'm here to do on this planet and in this human experience. So my, my running joke now is that I have enough eyesight to get in trouble, but not enough to get a driver's license. Yeah. I have a whole speech about trying to convince that the, the DMV that I can drive just as bad as people that have 20-20 eyesight, and why can't I have my license too? <laughs> <laughs> and I gather they never have? <laughs> what? Giving you a driver's license. Oh, no. No, no. no. It's just a joke. I, I My road rage is so bad, it's better. It's safer for everybody <laughs> if I don't drive. <laughs>
1: Well, and there are so many people on the road, that you, you know, who have their sight and,
2: you know, there there's no reason for what they do other than the fact that they do it. And, exactly. Yeah. And I sit in the passenger seat constantly yelling at those people. A blinker would have been nice. You know. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, you're going to cut me off, huh? <laughs> you better be happy I'm not driving. It's funny. It's so funny.
1: Yeah. I had a man <laughs> yesterday. Uh, we were, uh, we'd come up from a workshop that I had done and. We, um, my husband and and my um, VA decided that we were going to have pizza for dinner last night, so we're we're driving along, and I didn't even really think about the fact that the sun was setting, oh. and so I didn't. And my car doesn't have the automatic lights that automatic turn turn on as you know it dims, and I get to the shopping center where the pizza parlor is. And this guy is crossing the street, and he's yelling at me and pointing fingers and, and all that. And I'm going, Carrie, what, what? She goes, did you forget to turn your lights on? Go, oh, dear. <laughs> and the answer was, yes, I'd forgotten to turn on my lights. And he was letting me know that I was not a safe driver. Mm, yeah. um, so even when you can
2: see, you don't always drive well. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny when, when people that I'm in the car with kind of like uh, drive over the curb a little bit. Oh. oh, oh, that goes into my speeches. I go, oh, if you can drive on the sidewalk, then I can drive on the sidewalk. At least I can have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah.
1: Um, so when... Okay. So you, you just obviously we're blind and may I ask what percentage are you blind?
2: I am 20 over 200. And the way I explain my eyesight is that I, if you are looking at things through a slight fog, so I can see everything just not in sharp focus or detail. So, um, like, if I'm looking at a person's face, I know where everything is on their face, but I couldn't tell you the color of their eyes, unless I'm, like, right, almost in kissing distance, Ooh. then I could tell, right?
1: Yes. Ooh, that's, that sounds very intimate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah.
2: Like, you know, um, and so the way I recognize people is mostly through their voices, mm-hmm. and um, it's, and I have travel vision. I can... There's a lot of devices that help me be um, productive. A lot of things that will help me read signs from a distance. There's all kinds of computers, software and hardware that will allow me to be able to use computers and um, other devices. I have an iPad, an iPhone. and So um, there's a lot of things that he- have speech that mm-hmm. will read read long things. And then there's other ways where I have to advocate to get the things that I need in order to be productive. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's a journey. It's a journey for everybody because whenever I find myself into a new situation, sometimes I don't know what I need because I'm not sure what all has to be done, mm-hmm. what I need to do. So um, we, I have to explain, okay, we're on a learning curve. Here we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's yeah. great. And, and you get cited assistance and that kind of thing as well when you need it?
2: Yes, I do. Um, and and that has also been a journey because some of um, what I had to deal with growing up was feeling like uh, an a, a liability versus an asset. And so I tried to take on a lot of things and tried to fake my way through a lot of things because for me to have to ask for help put me in the spotlight where it made me feel like anybody that doesn't have this uh, this disability doesn't have to ask for this kind of help. So mm-hmm. because I have to ask for it, I need to find a way where I can get it done without asking for the help. And that just put big, huge weight on my shoulder. So now mm-hmm. what I figured out is that it's, it, it serves everyone for me to ask for help because number one, people actually like to help. Mm -hmm. They like to feel useful. They like to feel like um, they can be a part of something, especially like now what I'm doing around child abuse awareness and prevention because that's my work. That's the work that I'm here to do, raise awareness and provide prevention For um, child abuse and the healing of the adult abused, because as we go through this interview, you'll find out that I have dealt with a whole bunch and um, because I've survived it and because of the way I survived it, I know that I'm here to make sure that children are a priority, their safety, their innocence is a priority.
1: Mm hmm. That, that's a very powerful movement that you're working in, Carrie, and I applaud you for that. Um, it, and it is, and it, it's it's one of those things that you say, you know, how can you do this to a, a defenseless um, creature? You know, um, of course, we do it with our dogs and, and other things, but it it's just, to me, it's appalling to realize how many kids have been abused, how many kids live in an abusive Relationship, and that there's no one to help them, and a lot of it is um, they don't tell anybody. Um, it's it's hidden. Um, you know, the bruising and whatever is under clothes, and unless you know you're changing clothes in a, in a dressing room, you'd never see it. And there's also that sense of guilt that it must be something I'm doing that causes this to occur. Right? Yeah,
2: that's a lot of it. That's a big part of it. However the the target audience that I'm going for are the people that do know. Mm-hmm. Because, because if we can knock out the ones that do know and find the courage to make the safety of a child a priority, then we cut down on all of the pain and the hurt and the wounding. I believe that just like the saying says, hurt people will hurt other people. Mm, I believe that I believe that healing people heal other people. And so my whole thing is, if you've gone through abuse, and you know that there is a person, usually it's well, not usually, sometimes it's a family situation, there's somebody in the family that um, is abusive, but because of the family dynamics, everybody is, oh, they know, but they try to decide how to navigate all of the family gatherings and this and that. And then when somebody tells the story of that person abusing them, oh, it's one more person to add to the list of, you know, Uncle Wandering Hands got a hold of, right? Mm, yes, yeah. And 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 so, like, because in my case, like I said, I was adopted, and the, the second adopted family that I got into has whole generations of abuse. And if somebody had spoke up to the social services, then I wouldn't have gone through what I went through because I wouldn't have gotten adopted into that family. So... I, I'm very clear about if if anybody knows, and if somebody does start talking, keep talking until somebody believes you, because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in the family, everybody's going to say, oh, no, that's not true, oh, you know, oh, that that's just the way he is, and that's just this and that, they'll have excuses, but keep talking, find somebody somewhere that will listen to you, and the The ones that get that story find a way to make sure that child is taken out of harm's way. The, that's my simple message, but I have different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I,
1: I think that's so powerful. Uh, and, and you know more and more and more of this is coming out as people realize that it's important for us to know. And it's important for us to do something about it because it is generational. It, you know, you have families that, that it follows from, you know, father or mother forward um, through the kids. And because the kids were abused, they abuse. And it's a cycle that needs to be broken. Uh, and I love the fact that you are an advocate for that. Um, I was going to mention something that you, you were talking about, cited assistance, and um, you know, how it you, you felt that... Um, you were taking advantage of people or whatever. My sister-in-law used to do blind mobility um, with the Veterans Administration, and she she loved her guys. They were all um, Vietnam vets, and they were young, and so they were still eager to live a full life. And it's like, what can I do to overcome this so that I can still be a you know fully producing individual in? the world. And so she taught them you know how how to move around. she she created a, a a glove that you could hold the cane still in your hand, so you had that tactile sensation. And their graduation uh, project was they had to go see my husband, who was in San Francisco. So they had to leave from Palo Alto and take the bus up to San Francisco and then find him. And, you know, it's like where is where in the world is Waldo? Find him. <laughs> and they could use sighted assistance but they couldn't rely on it totally. And Clark said it was just a joy when they showed up at the reception desk to say, I'm here to see Clark Patton and I'm here from the VA. Um, oh, But yeah, th- but they were so eager to, to go. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a really short break here and I'd love you to contemplate a couple things of where can you be of service to individuals who have disabilities, whether it's sight or movement or whatever it might be. And the second piece, which is probably even more important, are you aware of a family that's in an abusive situation, and how can you be of service to them in breaking that cycle? And we'll be right back.
0: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america
3: have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur let leadership expert linda patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team build your influence and create the thriving business of your dreams Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner, drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, Lead with Linda.com.
0: Become a member of
3: VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest,
2: or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste.
0: Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power. Build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
3: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
1: Welcome back. And I'm here with just a very, very special guest, Carrie Fox Kelly. And I, some things I want to share with you about her is she's an author of her own book, Black, Blind, and Female. She's been the contributing author to several best-selling um, books, ebooks books and, and in paper, Village Pearls, Spiritual Practices to Uplift Your Soul, and the number one Amazon bestseller, um, Heal Thyself, and also Step Forward and Shine. So she is an accomplished author. And then I do want to ask you about this. You also are the creator, performer, and producer of several one-woman shows, including Somebody Else's Child, Three Chairs, And From Garbage to Golden. I have to ask you about your um, stage experience. Tell me about that.
2: Actually, they all stem from my journey once I found my birth story. The first one woman show, uh, Somebody Else's Child, was in 2014, and that was a direct result of two things. One that was right around the time when um, the Catholic Church was coming out um, with a lot of the abuse, and I was hearing the stories, and everybody was, no, well, nobody was talking about the damage to the children. Mm-hmm. So I named my I named my show "Somebody Else's Child," and I personified my own life being abused. And I I showed the the child going through and dealing with the abuse. I, I personified myself at four, at eight, at twelve, at sixteen, and then I um that was I did that show also on the Friday before Mother's Day because. Um, One of the things that I experienced is my birth mother giving me up at three days old. And then the first mother is the one that shook me. And then the second mother was the one that adopted me and just was so verbally and physically abusive. I had three horrible mothers. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I wanted to counterbalance this whole narrative where Mother's Day all through the month of... um, April, you, you're you're hearing because it's the first, you know, there's all this, oh, our mothers do this and our mothers do that. And I was so emotionally wrecked about, well, what if you all have that kind of mother? And So I said, well, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, I'm going to put on a show and I'm going to show you that all mothers aren't great. And so that's why somebody else's child, because for all of those things going on with the Catholic Church, as long as those were somebody else's children, mm-hmm. it didn't, you know, resonate that, you know, they will interact with you and your life um, at some point. And hurting people hurt other people. So when you have people in society, in your schools, bullying in your um, um, workplace, being cruel and and all of that stuff, I think that starts early. And then, um the, the three chairs was just me personifying different, um, you know, uh, emotions, anger, uh, depression, and um, um, and then resilience. Mm-hmm. And um, from Garbage to Golden, I actually put on a garbage bag and talk about how feeling like garbage, you know, just I, and then, but I have a little light that I, I shine like right around the below my belly button where the um creative chakra is mm-hmm. and uh, um and and then i got a bigger light that gets brighter and brighter as i start to focus on the resilience and uh so it, the, what what i know about resilience is that it's always there we just have to recognize it and 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 focus on it. It always shows up. And it, I mean, it, sometimes it's that little voice that's telling you something and you don't, you don't hear it or you ignore it. I mean, as simple as don't put that bag that has all your workshop materials in the back seat when you get in the car because you're going to get out and forget it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I will, I, it'll be fine. And then what happens, you get out and you forget it. And then you go, something told me not to put that back there. I should have listened, right? right? How many times do we do that, right? And probably so, probably yeah. more often than not, we, we yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. So keep going. So that, that that that's one way to be resilient. And then there's this other way where you there's a lifeline for you when you are curled in a ball and balling your full head off. There might be a maybe two year old child that's outside your door knocking and wanting to come in just to spend some time with you and you have to uncurl yourself and straighten up your face and let her in and she lights up your whole world and you can't for the life of you figure out what you were crying and all upset about once you pick her up and she puts her little arms around your your neck and she puts her little head on your shoulder and she just wants to be held and snuggled and She doesn't know that you were just feeling like a failure and a nobody and why are you still living and what's this whole life about and what's the problem and in and in and in. (laughs) She has none of that. She has none of that. She just wants to be with you. Mm. And that (laughs) is amazing. That's a whole nother story. Grandchildren that I had first. I had grandchildren first. I married a man who was, you know, a significantly older who already had children and now his son with wife and three daughters live with me Mm. and the baby was only six weeks old when she got here and that has been a oh a learning curve a journey and that child plucked my heart right out of my chest and she has it wrapped around her little finger to this day she's three now Mm mm-hmm and from 6 weeks to 3 i have been really looking at her and and watching her and and all the ages that i went through to When I was being mistreated and mishandled, I really do not understand how people could do it. I don't. I do not understand. But these three little girls have me very, very, very focused on making sure their innocence and their safety is protected. I've turned into a mama bear, somebody who didn't even really like kids. And I knew that I wasn't going to have any. I was very clear about that. But... If you had told me 20 years ago that I would be this protective and loving over children, I would have looked at you and said, "You out of your mind, mm-hmm. no way that'll ever happen. But here I am. My, my life today looks nothing like I thought it would be. And Carrie, I think that's so very
1: powerful that you can see through the, your grandchildren, your granddaughters, what life should have been not what it was and you get a chance to heal that those scars and and that kind of thing while you're working with and loving and nurturing and and teaching your grandchildren Uh, and that's such a powerful um, practice that I would be willing to bet many people Uh, who have been abused never get that opportunity either they choose not not i'm not going there i'm not going to have kids i i want to break the cycle here and i'm scared to death that if i give birth that i'm going to do to that child what was done to me and so we choose not to have children um or but what you've done is taken that in a whole different way yes you haven't had your own but you've now got grandkids who are living with you and in essence you have his son his is it his daughter no his, it's son? his son it is his son. his son you have his son as well to mother and so you're learning all those aspects of yourself that you'd basically said no i'm not going to do that i'm i'm going to break the cycle here <laughs> and now you get a chance to do all those loving things that you wanted for yourself right
2: oh yes oh yes and it's glorious i i i really look back and go man had i known that this experience was possible with children i might not have been so committed not to have any i was very committed i was not having children <laughs> <laughs>
1: there are moments you know I have two fabulous girls who um, now live sort of in the Midwest uh, one of whom is pregnant and she's going to have her first child and my first grandchild somewhere the end of November the first part of December and living through that has been um, interesting I I really would have preferred you know, I would love to have her here where I could experience it with her. It's a little—it's challenge when you're that far away to really get intimately involved in the pregnancy and what she's going through and all that. But I'm just absolutely delighted that um, both girls are, are, you know, having having children, working on having children, uh, loving children and all that. It, it says to me that I did something right, right? Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not doing it so that I uh, they have a better experience with their kids than they had themselves, which mm. I, I think is good. Um, so we've we've talked about resilience. Could you give us just one sort of final d- definition of resilience for you?
2: Resilience is definitely, for me, that little voice that is constantly, um, um, Telling telling the truth and having your back. It, it really is that simple thing where if you listen to it, if you tune into it, um, it does make a difference for your life. We have resilience physically. When we cut our fingers, eventually they they will heal. That's mm-hmm. the physical resilience. Mental resilience is when your mind is on a spiral, going down into the pits of despair, something might happen to break that cycle. Uh, somebody will be thinking about you and they'll either come over or call you. And this is where you have to decide to either pick up the phone or answer the door when your mind has you, you know, spinning out of control, and when you, uh, your, that's the the mental resilience. And as for the spiritual resilience, the best example that I have for that is when your spirit feels broken and you are just, just so. In despair, where you don't think you can ever stop crying, and you don't think that you should, you know, try to live another day, something beautiful will happen. And, and like for me, It was this past April when I had something really, really hard to do because April is Child Abuse Awareness Month and I signed up to do something huge and I was like, what was I thinking? What would I, why would I do this? And it was awful. And that little girl would get outside my bedroom door. She couldn't open the door by herself like she can now. Mm -hmm. And she would just knock and her little voice, Carrie, 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 and I she was going nowhere. She I thought, "Oh, I'll just wait. She'll go away. I'm not done crying. I can't open the door. Now I can't even get up." She stood there and knocked and knocked and I, "Okay, fine. Let me get up." And I would she would look up at me with those little that little face and put her little hands up to be picked up and I believe that was my lifeline. Like like God, the universe, whatever word is comfortable here, Saying you matter mm-hmm. and what you're doing is, is important and we need you to find the courage. So here's a hug from somebody who loves you unconditionally and they don't care that you have eye crusties and you haven't brushed your teeth yet and your hair is all over the place. They just want to be held and picked up by you. Mama's in the other room, but you're here and she wants you. And I think that's so
1: very important to know that you're loved, to know that you're loved unconditionally, that, as you said, you got eye crusties, you 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 haven't brushed your teeth, your hair's a wreck, and yet this little person wants to be held, wants to be loved by you and no one else, just you. And that, to me, is so very, very important. Um, Curious, uh, Carrie, You have a lot of forgiveness to do, right? Um, With with your
2: boy, yes.
1: And how how has that been for you? What does it mean to you?
2: Okay, I got a definition of forgiveness that really took a huge load off of me. Um, The definition that I got was for me to choose to hurt and suffer less even though I am wounded. Mm. That put the ball in my court because all of the other ways that I had been trying to forgive was um, for me to like, well, call people up and tell them, oh, I forgive you and see how that whole conversation would work or try to, you know, get the warm fuzzies for people that had mistreated me. And they it never worked all the way worked because it always depended on another person's input and another person's validation or whatever uh, when I'm offering my forgiveness. But once the ball was in my court for me to choose to hurt and suffer less, I I could do that right now on a scale from one to 10. How do I feel? How much am I suffering? And once I figured out that scale, what's going to make me go one number up. If I'm at a eight, I need to be at a nine. What, I, what can I do to make it a nine? I'll listen to my favorite song and start dancing. Mm-hmm. I will find a YouTube comedy video to listen to or start journaling. And that way, it doesn't, conti- it doesn't hinge on anybody else's input about how I'm going to hurt or suffer less even though I'm wounded. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that... It that took a huge load off of me. And so that's how I work with forgiveness now. Oh, that's
1: so powerful. Um, I know that forgiveness has been a big thing for me with my grandmother um, and to some degree my mom. But uh, it's not only for for me, it wasn't just forgiving them, but in some respects also thanking them that they had agreed in their contract when they came down that they were going to have this lesson for me, that I needed this lesson and it was part of my contract and that they needed to be a part of it. And that the harder part was not forgiving. The harder part was being to say thank you for taking on that role. I know it was difficult, but it was important in my growth and my life that you did that and thank you so much. So audience, I want you to think about a couple things. One is how have you been resilient in your life where have you needed to step into that in order to continue and thrive and then have you done forgiveness and we'll be right back
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com.
3: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlynda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
1: Welcome back. And I am with my very amazing guest today, Carrie Fox Kelly. Um, And Carrie was just sharing with us how much resilience and forgiveness have been a great part of her life. And the fact that while she didn't have her own kids, that now she's getting to experience grandchildren and that love, that little voice, that hug that you need when you're the you're in your blues and nothing else is working, those are the places where those little hugs, that little voice really helps you to continue your resilience and to be able to help you forgive and raise your level just a bit by choosing to hurt and to suffer less. I just, I love that concept, Kelly. Cal- Carrie, welcome back. Thank you. Okay, so um, someplace I'd like to go is around leadership. And how does your disability uh, both inform or affect how you step into leadership?
2: Well, the way that shows up for me in, in a lot of ways is delegation and asking for help and ha- um having my partners, the right type of people working with me, because certain things, you have to have a level of trust.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the, I mean, things that I need to trust other people with have to do with um, a lot of things that sighted people or fully sighted people um, might take for granted. When someone is asking me to... Um, Make decisions about colors and um, uh, outfits that you know enhance this and that. I have to have somebody else work with that because the way I see colors and I want it bright and bold and loud, and maybe that's not going to be the best thing for what what, what I'm doing. Um, then there's a lot of things that when you're dealing with um, mailing lists and and things like that. Having people sign up on something and reading handwriting, so then you know you have that to deal with. So there's just a lot of things that, um, for me, I need to be okay delegating to trusted people, mm-hmm. and um, so so that that's part of it, and um, just being clear and making sure that I can articulate. What it is that has to be done, and getting clear about who's going to do what part, and this and that. So, you know, and communication, I think, is a, a, a seventh sense, you know, just mm-hmm. knowing how to communicate and get the point across. And, you know, make sure that you're heard and understood because that could be the other piece of it. You might think you're saying and being clear, but if the other person doesn't understand or hear you, then there's a breakdown there.
1: Yes, and that's so very true. And that's for sighted people as well. Yes. That the ability to communicate clearly um, is one, one of the great skills that we have to learn and and recognize the fact that it doesn't necessarily come uh, easily to people Uh, so Carrie you have a a
2: full team that works with you it's not a full team it's a small well it's a small like three-person team and Mm -hmm. and they rotate with different things that they do so yeah
1: and and that's uh, again you know as individuals are are growing movements they're growing their businesses Uh, whether they're cited or not having the right people to support you that you can delegate to and you know it's going to get done Um, that you can ask for help and and know that you're going to get it Um, and to know that these are definitely the right people for you in each of those situations you know you don't think about the colors of of clothes. And I, I know many gentlemen who are colorblind and you wonder why they put things together and you realize that they can't tell. They don't know. And perhaps they don't have a wife or companion who can say, no, dear, that tie and that shirt don't go together, and definitely not with that jacket. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I've, I've seen many gentlemen friends who, you know, they walk out and you kind of go, who dressed you this morning? And a lot of it has to do with what they can see or not see, and... Uh, you know how how they choose to accept help, and I, for uh, you know many many people, I, I think it's very difficult to ask for help. Um, I, I talk about entrepreneurs and the fact that we're often solopreneurs. We do it all. You've got to, if you have an organization chart, you wear all of the hats, and yet that may not serve you best. That. You are spending time in areas that you're not very good at, and so in essence, you're wasting your time where you could be in your genius and working there, and the other people on your team could be in their genius and working their magic. I, I, I have to admit, I have three or four fabulous people who work with me. I have a virtual assistant who is also a graphic artist who is just phenomenal, um, I have a visual storyteller who has done my website, and it's just brilliant. Um, I have a copywriter who helps me um, you know, to smooth out the rough edges of, of what I write. And I have a, an awesome videographer who you know, makes my Leadership Inspirations program absolutely stellar. And I, I couldn't do my work without them. And I uh, every day I bless the fact that they're in my life and they're doing this work with me. so I, I totally understand. And it's not just a cited kind of thing. every one of us needs that support to be able to move forward so you know they need community, they need collaboration they need a support, they need accountability and having that great team I think makes that even more impressive. <clears throat> so um, one other question that I, I really wanted, it's, it's, You know, inquiring minds want to know, what would you say to your 20-year-old self about the journey, about being where you are today, how to help her to get over whatever it is that she's working on? In other words, what advice would you have given her had you been able to do that?
2: I would definitely take her by the hand and we would have to sit down and have really long conversations about all the things that happened up until being 20. And we, uh, I mean, it would be um, this really deep conversation about how As much as you're running from the pain and all of the things that you've done and gotten into, um, you're going to look back and and realize that you're okay. Mm -hmm. You're okay and you're carrying shame that doesn't belong to you. And, you, you know, this, this deep desire to be loved and needed and wanted has to start with you. You need to look yourself in the mirror every day and say, Carrie, today, I love you. Or Carrie, right now, I love you. And be in the moment and really feel it. And feel it and feel it and feel it. And, uh... if if we could get that foundation, I think some of the, excuse me, some of the things would have uh, been avoided. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So uh, when you discovered your birth story, were you 20 were
2: you 20 or were you older than that no i was 40 i i was oh, 40 in 2010 i was 40 um okay. but i was writing my book the first book black blind and female after i had gone to sedona arizona with a friend of mine who was terminally ill mm-hmm. and when she passed away september 11th on uh, in 2010 i was writing the book and i ran into a family member who had some story about who my birth mother was and what happened. And that made me angry enough to go looking because all those years before, I was so busy trying to survive the life I was in when people would ask me, well, don't you want to know who your birth mother is? (laughs) Don't you want to know? No, I don't have time for that. That's their loss. They, They gave me up, whatever, whatever. I don't care. I don't need to know. But when he told me the story that he told me, That made me so mad. Oh, I'm going to track her down. I am going to find her. She doesn't get to wreck my life because she got pregnant at a young age and she thought she was going to be a star and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I went looking, digging. I sent Oprah letters. I I sent the all kinds of talk show hosts, letters that people go looking for their family and this and that. And I called the county, I called agencies, I did whatever. And I got the story. It took me two years, but I got it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it, it really shifted a whole lot for me once I got what I got.
1: Yeah, once you got the truth. So, Carrie, you have a free gift for my audience. Would you
2: like to share that with them? Yes, everyday tips for healing. Now, these are, um, you know, little short tips and tricks that you can use whenever you're dealing with a situation. It's a little ebook, and, um, you know, it, it has lots of different um, um Tips for for dealing with different situations and scenarios, and just encouragement, everyday encouragement as you go through this hu- human experience, dealing with um, life. <laughs>
1: yes, and it's so very, very needed. And that you'll find the uh, link to that on um, the website uh, under free gifts. And, Carrie, we so appreciate the fact that you've offered that to our guests. Um, And as as we're beginning to close, I always ask, so do you have one or two great tips to close the
2: program with for our audience? I would... <clears throat> excuse me um my whole thing is at this point living in the moment living in the now um so much ha- has happened where we're you know still stuck to the past or t- focused on the future when i fill in the blank i will fill in the next blank you know there's always this mm-hmm. oh, everything will be better when and but right now if you're still breathing be in the now okay and, and number- Number two. And self-love is so important for the foundation. I mean, really, look at yourself from head to toe and tell each and every part of you inside out that you are loved. Yes, you are
1: loved. Okay, so we've got two fabulous tips from Carrie. And Carrie, I want to thank you so very much for being on the show today. It has been a joy, and the time just flew by. I I'm, I'm did. Just del- I'm just delighted to have you here. Thank so you. So, thank you. Thank you and, so much. And, audience, uh, what I would like to say to you as well is if you'd like more information about Um, Awaken the Leader Within or The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders, please do send me an email at linda at daretoleadwithlynda.com. And until next week, I want you to remember, be courageous, dare to lead. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars.